Hey everyone, it's Rob, and welcome to Starfield Pulse Episode 8, the world's largest Starfield podcast. At least, it is to me. Anyways, thanks for joining. Tonight is August 14th. It's a Monday, like usual. I almost didn't think I was going to be able to record this evening because I had some things going on in my personal life. My oldest, my son, he has moved to college, and we got him settled in over this weekend, and... I was able to get here on time, which is a good thing, too, because, you know, recently it feels like we've had a little little bitty bits, little scraps to talk about as we while away the time until we can actually play Starfield. But not this week, right? This week, we actually have some really meaty updates to go over. The least of which is actually going to be the QuakeCon news that we got, which wasn't major news, but it was a little exciting, right? So as we know, AMD is the chip of choice when it comes to Starfield and Bethesda. And because of that, AMD actually made some very swanky looking chips that you can't purchase, but you can win. So for those of you that are actually watching this on YouTube, I'll go ahead and pull those up. For those of you who are Unfortunately, just listening, you're not going to be able to see these, but I will explain them to you as best as I can. So what we actually have is an AMD Ryzen 7 7800X3D processor and an AMD Radeon RX 7900XTX Starfield Limited Edition. When it comes to the CPU, really the only thing special about this is the packaging that the CPU comes in. Now... That's entirely different for the GPU. The GPU, yes, you know, if you want to say cheekily, it's the packaging that it comes in. All of the accoutrements, if you will, the plastic, the, the casing around the GPU are themed for Starfield. One of the nice touches is that it actually has the red, orange, yellow, and blue striping on those little side vents there for the air. But on the fans, on the triple fans on top, we can actually see the Constellation Star logo. And again, we can see that in the red as well. So they're really cool looking. There's only 500 of these rumored to have been manufactured uh, and you can't purchase them. These are gonna be given out through the course of between now apparently and release. There will be giveaways on the social media of AMD giveaways on the social media of Bethesda. So I would keep your eyes peeled for those. And I'm sure there's going to be some other giveaways that they just haven't really, and quite frank, they really haven't announced a whole lot of giveaways with these as of yet. I know they did give away a few during uh, QuickCon, but as far as how many they've given away since then, I'm not sure. In addition to these Starfield branded CPUs and GPUs from AMD. We also got some Noble chairs, which have Starfield branding, which shouldn't come as much as a surprise because if you go and look at Noble chairs website, you will see that they have quite a few deals that they have branding. They have quite a few branding deals that they've done with Bethesda. And a lot of them look really good. My biggest concern with these is, you know, six weeks after the game is out, do you still want a chair that has the game on it. I mean, if you're me, no, <laughs> but some other people, maybe, me. you know, maybe, maybe I should get one for this uh, podcast so I can sit in it when I'm recording that. It's actually a good idea. Maybe I just talked myself into purchasing one of these noble chairs. I think they run about $700 though. So 
they're not cheap. And when it comes to gaming chairs, I find that they're generally overpriced as opposed to just really high quality office chairs. So buyer beware. Don't want to throw too much shade. They look good. Uh, can't complain. Um, I like the way they look, but I don't know how they feel. I've never sat in a noble chair, so I can't give you any, uh, I can't really say, oh yeah, that's a, that's a good one or that's not a good one. And those of you that are watching this on YouTube, you just got flashed with a recent video that I just got done making uh, about the timeline that we're going to go over here in a few minutes. But uh, so if you're like, hey, how's a sausage made? That's kind of all the cuts and kind of what a timeline of one of my videos looks like. So happy to have shared that with you. Additionally, this is a custom CPU. I'm sorry, custom CPU. This was a custom PC made for QuakeCon. Uh, one of my friends shared this in my Discord real quick. So let's go see if I can find the creator on this. Yes. So if you were to go to Mods by Ben, right? He's only got 3.44K subscribers, which is right about how many I have. And let's say that Ben is probably making better things than I am. But Ben made this custom PC for AMD and Bethesda. I don't want to steal Ben's thunder, so I'm not going to sit here and show all the video, but I do want to show you some of the things you can see in here. So it's really worth your time, and I'll put a link to this in the show notes, to go and take a look at this case and the artistry that was involved. And hats off to Ben, because this thing looks amazing. I do personally think it looks like something you could put straps on if you were an astronaut and put on your back. So... I don't know if that was the intention, but if it was, kudos. If not, hey, by the way, it looks like a backpack. Um, so, you know, great job, Ben. So we got to see, this is another shot of that PC. I really think one of the best touches on here for me uh, is the wiring. So if you go down here, by the way, this also looks scuffed. It looks worn and used. It doesn't look just brand new. Uh, and I don't think it got damaged in shipping, right? So these are intentional. It looks like something that has been used. But if you look in here on the wiring, going from the power supply unit to the GPU, which is, by the way, one of the uh, custom Radeon 7900 XTXs that you could win. Obviously, you can't win this one, but you understand what I'm saying. It has the blue, yellow, orange, and red wires on the power there and then the rest of them are white so i think that's just a really nice touch how they did that so the attention to detail on this appears to be out of this world so make sure you go ahead and check out mods by ben so you can get a great look at that custom pc that he made for amd all right so one more thing that i want to talk about before we hop into the biggest news item of the week Actually, there's two more things I want to talk about. First off, I want to talk about Kyle Santiago. So Kyle Santiago is purportedly an artist who does 3D character artwork who posted, and who knows if this guy's under NDA and violated, and if so, uh, that's something they'll have to deal with. <laughs> there could potentially be repercussions uh, further in the career. But um, yeah, so Kyle Santiago posted some pictures of Cora. He apparently did some of her outfits, and these are pretty cute. They look appropriate for a girl of her age. Uh, 
uh, with these shoe pins and these bracelets and this color palette is called the silence of sands. And apparently he worked on this between 2021 and 2023. And so, yeah, Cal Santiago worked on Cora. And this is a really interesting looking piece of artwork. And so good job, Cal. And thanks for showing us some of what you've worked on. Additionally, uh, not on Cal's website, but making its way around different discords within the community is some other art that he apparently did. And one of these is a business suit, which you can see here. The other is just that same business suit without all of the different uh, textures. And here is the same business suit in what appears to be more the concept slash mock-up portion of it. And then this is the final, when the business suit is finally done, what it looks like. This is what it should look like once it hits a character model. And again, these are no longer on, those are no longer on Cal's website. Cora is, but I, I don't believe the business suit is. And you can also get a look at some of the work he did in w, WW2K23. Oh, I take that back. Here, in fact, is that Starfield business suit. And there looks like there is some additional artwork he did for Elden Ring, uh, some unnamed projects. And the Starfield objects look like the Starfield New Atlantis Boy 2, as well as, I believe it's going to be probably Starfield New Atlantis Boy 1. <laughs> and I was correct. And if you were to look at this, this is... This actually incorporates what feels like a lot of Starfield colors. It's white with red and blue with red accents and some gold accents on the hemlines and the boots that are black with some gold accents as well. So those are pretty interesting looking pieces of wardrobe that he created. But, and one last thing until we get to the uh, Starfield timeline. We have a AMA coming up in the official Bethesda discord we'll go ahead and uh pull that up so the bethesda game studio has an ama in the starfield i believe it is the constellation lounge right so you need to make sure that you go to bethesda's website and sign up to be a constellation member if you want to participate in the ama uh and the details of are as follows so on 16th august which is Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern in the U.S., Will Shin, lead quest designer, and Emil Pagalero, Emil, right, lead designer, will be in chat on August 16th answering your questions about Starfield. Ask your questions here about their roles, Starfield, and anything else by August 11th for a chance to have it answered next week. So if you haven't already posted your question, it would seem like you're out of luck at this point. However, it's not too late for you to join the Discord uh, and read along with the AMA when it happens. So we definitely have something to talk about next week on the show as well. But that brings us to the big ticket item of the week. Sorry, we're not going to do silly headlines from the bullshit websites this week that drive me crazy. We're going to go ahead and skip that feature. We're going to get right into the Starfield official website and take a look at the story so far. So 2050, not too far really from now, 27 years, 
And a little bit later than what some experts predict we will actually get to Mars. But in this divergent timeline, 2050, humans first arrive on Mars. By 2100, humans will be living in space. So within the next, what is it? My math has escaped me 2023. So in the next 27 years, we'll be on Mars. And then within the next 77 years, we'll be living in space. So not in my lifetime. I will be gone well before then, <laughs> I should suspect. But 2156, humans arrive in Alpha Centauri, 4.37 light years away from Earth. I find this kind of interesting, right? So something hap something has to happen because with our current technology, right, we think we can get to Mars, but with our current technology, we cannot get to Alpha Centauri. So there would seem to be a pretty significant technological advancement within that time period that allows us to go from just Mars to Alpha Centauri, which is 4.37 light years away from Earth, because we would definitely need to have faster than light travel. And we do know uh, how they do that in the game, and that's through you know, gra bending gravitational fields. I'm not a physicist, so I'm, I can't really get too in-depth onto how it actually works. I think maybe Interstellar would explain it better than I could. <laughs> but in 2156, we arrive in Alpha Centauri. By 2159, which is 109 years after... Oh, okay, so by the way, reading comprehension for the win. 2050, we're living in space. 2100, I'm sorry, 2050, we're on Mars. 2100, we're on living in space, 2156, so that's 106 years after we get to Mars, not just six years. That that math checks out better. So 106 years after we get to Mars, we get to Alpha Centauri. Three years after that, in 2159, the United Colonies are established. So the UC is established. A year later, in 2160, New Atlantis is founded and becomes the official capital city of the United Colonies in 2161. By 2167, Cheyenne is settled by Solomon Coe, who founds its first city. I'm sorry, I keep saying that. It's not a city settlement, right? Cheyenne is settled by Solomon Coe, who founds its first settlement, Aquila City. In 2188, Coe invites Voli to join Cheyenne in a new alliance, the Freestar Collective. The Freestar Collective is officially formed in 2189. I wonder if there's any, okay, I wonder if there's any um, symbolism in the fact that both Cheyenne and Voli are Native American words. So if they're trying to allude to something, trying to beat around the bush, if they're trying to make some kind of metaphor, um, or what they're doing here, but both of those, one's a planet, and they're both planets actually, that are forming that Freestar Collective that they're both named uh, after Native American words. Uh, six years later in 2194, the United Colonies positions the star station called the Clinic in orbit around Paula and the Narion system. The unaffiliated peoples of the Narion system see this as a UC attempt to expand their borders and demand the UC remove the clinic. 
when the UC refuses, the people of Narion vote to join the Freestar Collective, who mobilized to protect the system in 2195. So by the UC overextending themselves and putting a star station in the Freestar Collective space, they basically provoke a war. By 2196, in response to the Freestar mobilization, the UC moves a fleet into the Narion system and Freestar responds in kind. The Narion war begins. So it doesn't take long, right? 2050 by the time we hit Mars. 2156 by the time we reach Alpha Centauri. So we've only been in Alpha Centauri since 2156. 40 years later, we're fighting a war over it. That did not take long. Uh, that's one of that's one thing that we do well. Uh, we pick fights. <laughs> we make wars. And uh, it seems like that's no different in our fantasy game here. But, you know, there's got to be some kind of conflict that drives the narrative. And I guess this is their choice. By 2216, the Narion War drags on as public sentiment sours. Finally, the Treaty of Nation is signed by the UC and Freestar Collective in 2216, ending the conflict. The term settled systems is formalized in the treaty. By 2221, the Freestar Rangers are founded as an elite protective investigative force dedicated to, dedicated to serving all citizens of the Freestar Collective. So, five years after the war ends, they decide to create a bunch of Texas Rangers in space. 2275, Constellation is formed by Sebastian Banks. Original members include Chloe Bao, an accomplished physicist, Asia Mamasa, the youngest member in Sebastian's protege, Darius Andrus, botanist and specialist in xenoflora, Bernadette Laurent, wealthy heiress and adventurer, Eduardo Gill, former smuggler, and Kadri Toma, biologist and physician. The lodge is built in New Atlantis to serve the needs and people of Constellation for generations to come. Then, in 30 years later, 2305, Barrett joins Constellation. Two years after that, the Freestar Collective begins farming on the planet of Vesta in the Lunera system. By 2308, the United Colonies claims that by establishing a colony in a fourth star system, the Freestar Collective has violated the Treaty of Nation. Diplomatic talks break down and the UC lays siege to Vesta, killing anyone who stayed behind or was brought in to defend it. The colony war officially begins. That's a really interesting little tidbit there at the end. Or who was brought in, which means there are people that were probably there against their own will, who were made to fight, they were basically conscripts, and die for these governments that they didn't necessarily believe in. These turned up to be a pretty bloody, I don't know if we want to call this a civil war really, uh, or because it's, I don't know, you know, it's, they were a treaty, so I wouldn't really call it a civil war. Uh, it's just a war between, I guess, two nations at that point. But 2310, Constellation comes into possession of their first artifact and tucks it away in the Constellation archives. By 2311, after several years of conflict, and in this case it appears before, the Colony Wars effectively comes to an end with the Battle of Cheyenne as the flotilla of civilian and military Freestar Collective ships takes down the major ships of the UC Navy using hit-and-run tactics. So the United Colonies seem to be undone by the Freestar Collective. Uh, it did appear that the Freestar Collective kind of, you know, broke the treaty first and may have been not necessarily the aggressor, but they were, they were farming. So I think there's, 
there's more to this than what we're obviously being told. Uh, it's really difficult if they're just farming on these other planets to be like, hey, you set up farms on these other planets. How dare you feed your people, right? Unless there was something else a little bit more nefarious going on. How do you go to war because someone built a farm on another planet? I don't know. Was it a good treaty? <laughs> okay, so they did mention that they signed a treaty. How oppressed were the Freestar Collective by the UC based upon the tenets of this treaty? Uh, very, very interesting to actually see if we'll get to see that treaty or see more about how imbalanced that treaty was in the game. And I suspect we will. I suspect we'll find out more. So that said, uh, the Freestar Collective was able to bring uh, the UC back to the table four years after the Colony Wars began. And then in 2315, the UC Vanguard is founded as a part of the UC response to the Freestar Collective's use of civilian ships during the Colony War. The Vanguard is the UC's own civilian navy, relying on civilians using their own ships who pledged to protect the United Colonies and its interests. The ultimate reward for this service, citizenship in the United Colonies. So this is sounding a little bit like Starship Trooper. So has anybody read that book? If you have not, and I know they made a couple movies, uh, the first one being the most popular <laughs> of the bunch, a couple of derivative sequels that came from it. Disregard the movie. Uh, it may be a fun little sci-fi movie, but read the book. The book is a sci-fi book. Um, that masks really a book about citizenship and what it means to be a citizen of a nation uh, with, you know, a sci-fi narrative surrounding that. It's an excellent book. I, it's a quick read. It's not very big. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, yeah, I love that book. It means a lot. So check out Starship Trooper. Uh, it talks a lot about what it means to be a citizen, what it means to serve and how through service you earn the right to be a citizen. Cause that's one of the big things, you know, people in from earth and Starship Troopers, you're not born a citizen. You, you have rights, right? You're not like a complete, just like, you know, alien, right. You, you, that doesn't have any rights at all, but you don't have certain, what we would consider inalienable rights for that citizens have these days for whatever nation you belong to, uh, or in this case, what planet. So through service, you earn your citizenship. And that seems like what they're doing here. And I'm sure that that's definitely very much um, inspired by that. And I'll make sure that I leave a link to that book in the show notes because it really is, it's a quick read, it's a good read, um, and there's a lot to be learned from that book. And it's, it's enjoyable. It's just fun and entertaining too. So that is my tangent and TED talk on Starship Troopers and what it means to be a citizen through military service. Uh, 2319, Sarah Morgan becomes the youngest head of the UC Navigator Corps. Though it's a short-lived position as the division is shut down in 2320, cast adrift but still eager to put her training to good use, Morgan joins Constellation. In 2321, Walter Stroud, co-owner of Stroud Eklund, one of the Settled System's premier starship manufacturers, joins Constellation and becomes its primary financial backer. 2322, 
former Crimson Fleet pirate Vladimir Sale. I, I keep doing that. That first L looks like an A sometimes when I read it. Former Crimson Fleet pirate Vladimir Saul joins Constellation. 2325, Sarah Morgan becomes acting chair of Constellation. 2325, theologian Matteo Katri joins Constellation. Are we sensing a theme here about people joining Constellation? 2326, Barrett finds the original artifact in the Constellation archives and knows it must be special. So how many years later was that? So in 2310, Constellation comes into possession of their first artifact and tucks it away into the Constellation archives. And then in 2326, 16 years later, Barrett finds that original artifact in the Constellation archives and knows it must be special. So this kind of like touches upon one of the things where I've seen a theory out there where people are like, once you get that first artifact, you'll start unlocking like magical powers. Well, it appears to me like they've already found that first artifact by the time we even start playing the game. So somebody close to us and potentially in constellation may have powers out of the gate or i don't think that the these artifact pieces are necessarily giving powers but i guess we'll find out within the next two weeks also in 2326 after months of correspondence with sarah morgan graduate student and gifted scientist noel is invited to join constellation 2327, Freestar Ranger Sam Coe and his daughter Cora, who we just saw her earlier, her potential artwork, join Constellation. 2328, Andrea joins Constellation. Also in 2328, Barrett convinces Constellation to purchase Star Station L868 and modify it to become a deep space scanner nicknamed the Eye, which I believe ties back to the very first video evidence we've got of this game when they put out that little teaser trailer and that brings us to 2330 a.d starfield begins wow so there is a lot in there to digest and unpack and i just got my first look at that within about an hour and a half ago so there's much digging to be done. Regardless, we had a really dense week. Go ahead. Gonna 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 clip that out later in a second. Regardless, we had a really dense week of news there, right? So we have that constellation timeline. We have some of the teases that we got from QuakeCon, some of the, you know, they're not real news, but they're, they're hype inducing, right? You see those custom made GPUs and CPUs and you want them. And that custom PC, which is a, a work of art and good luck to whoever ends up with that. And then we have the AMA coming up in just a matter of days. And by the time we have that AMA, it's going to be less than two weeks, people, before everyone is going to be able to have the opportunity to play this game. So if that doesn't get you hyped for the beginning of next month, if that doesn't get you hyped for September 1st, I don't know what will. Last week on Spotify, I asked everybody to tell me what you were playing now, and I got from Sleazy, replaying New Vegas, but this time with the DLC as well as Remnant 2. Starfield and Remnant 2 are my main games for this year. 
Dale said, Fallout New Vegas for my first time, which is amazing. Also playing Halo campaign in order with my brother. And Norton said he's playing Fallout 4 and Tears of the Kingdom. So thanks to all of you that left comments on what it is that you're playing. I really appreciate it. If you listen to Spotify, make sure to take a look for all the different polls and questions that I post to the community on there. I'm Rob. Thanks for watching. And remember that if you enjoyed this podcast to make sure if you're watching this on YouTube to hit like or in a comment because that really helps for other people to find it as well. And if you're listening to this on one of your favorite podcast service, also to make sure to leave a like and a comment.